Welcome to Florida, the training field of World War II, Season 1, Episode 1. Today, we're looking at how Florida was utilized during the Second World War, even before the United States was officially a part of the war. We will also uncover how Florida's growth and prosperity came from its development in the early 1940s. On September 1, 1939, Nazi Germany invaded Poland. This caused Britain and France to declare war on Germany. Just 21 years after the end of the First World War, which was deemed the war to end all wars, Europe was once again facing years of war. The United States, thousands of miles away from both the European and Asian coastlines, began to prepare for war under an isolationist state of mind, meaning they were playing Switzerland, keeping out of the war. However, American leaders were helping allies under the table and training troops for battle. As countries like Britain, France, and Japan gathered troops for, the, for war, the United States was no different. Florida's vast land area and low profile made it the perfect place to train soldiers. The 1930s census calculated Florida had roughly 1.5 million people statewide. To put this in perspective, Palm Beach County today has roughly the same population that the entire state had then. The 1940s census showed that Florida's population only grew to roughly 1,800,000, only a 20% growth over 10 years. In 1940, the United States issued the Selective Training and Service Act, a draft. This act states that, quote, it shall be the duty of every male citizen of the United States between the ages of 20 and 45 shall be liable for training and service in the land or naval forces of the United States, end quote. It was the only time the United States drafted soldiers while in a time of peace, or at least not yet in the war that was taking place across the ocean. The Selective Training and Service Act allowed the United States to build their military before actually needing it. It also allowed the United States to quickly enter the war after Pearl Harbor, the Japanese air attack on the naval base in Hawaii on December 7, 1941. The United States was now involved and quickly became a major player in World War II. Seemingly overnight, Florida then had 172 military installations. Mainly training camps, the installations caused a great swell in population within Florida. Some training camps were so crowded, soldiers were forced to stay in, at nearby hotels. This included the Breakers Hotel in Fort Lauderdale, the Hollywood Beach Hotel, and the Biltmore Hotel in Coral Gables. Soldiers were transferred to the unknown human land of Florida. Their families followed. James Wallace Beard recalls his time at Miami Beach during training as being a part of the Army Air Forces in World War II. You can find him on the Veterans History website, quote, shipped out to Miami Beach, Florida, where we were in the Winter Haven Hotel right on the beach and spent a month there doing Air Force basics, end quote. So the attack on Pearl Harbor was the only real attack to happen on American territory. There were a few close calls with German U-boats in the Florida coastline. According to the article, Florida During World War II, published by the University of South Florida in 2002, there were over 20 German U-boats sunk off the Atlantic coast of Florida and the United States. This called for many cities and counties to issue blackout orders to keep shorelines hidden from enemy views. Quote, no direct light should be seen from the shore, unquote. This was a direct quote from O.B. Carr, the executive director of the Palm Beach Civil and Defense Council in 1941. However, the blackout order was issued by Governor Holland. The Museum of Florida history explains that the largest German U-boat incident in Florida happened on April 12, 
1942, off the coast of Jacksonville Beach. Here, quote, a U-123 torpedoed the tanker Gulf America off Jacksonville Beach. The resulting fiery explosion was clearly, sh was clearly seen on shore. The German submarine then surfaced, fired its deck gun at the tanker, and 19 crew members were lost, end quote. Many soldiers were not accustomed to the Floridian terrain, and some might say they never became accustomed to it. The handbook from Camp Landing even called Florida, quote, a playground for such wilderness as snakes, egrets, wildcats, and the most stylish assorted group of alligators on this side of the Congo, end quote. While at Camp Gordon, Johnson, in Carabelle, Florida, which was the second largest military installation in Florida, both in terms of physical size and numbers of troops, soldiers there saw it as hell. Sergeant Bill Roth wrote a poem about his time at Camp Gordon Johnson, entitled it Hell in Camp Carabelle. To give you an idea about his opinion of the camp in Florida, here are a few lines from the poem, which was published in a newspaper. Quote, the heat in summer is 110, too hot for the devil, too hot for the men. Come see it for yourself and you can tell this hell of a place, this carabelle, end quote. The living conditions in the camp were horrid as the military installations were built quickly and not always adequate for the amount of soldiers living there. However, the vast and open air spaces that Florida offered allowed for great pilot training. The climate was also beneficial as it allowed for year-round training. Norman Wesley Atchin of the Army Air Forces in World War II recalls his time of war for the Veterans History Project. He stated that he was stationed at Bartow, Florida, which was the P-51 training base. Here, soldiers learned how to fly the North American P-51 Mustang fighter plane, hence the name of the base. These single pilot planes were the newest and finest warplanes of the time. The Mustangs were long distance and could carry thousands of pounds of bombs and weaponry. During the war, there was also issues of race. Executive Order 8802 was released in June of 1941 by President Roosevelt. It stated that, quote, it was the policy of the United States to encourage full participation in the national defense program by all citizens of the United States, regardless of race, creed, color, or national origin, end quote. Furthermore, the order goes on to state, quote, that there shall be no discrimination in the employment of workers in defense industry because of race, creed, or national origin. And it is the duty of employers and labor organizations to provide for the full and equitable participation, end quote. Even with this executive order, Governor Holland of Florida and Governor Dixon of Alabama did not approve of racial integration within the military. In correspondence with Governor Dixon, Governor Holland writes, how Dixon was, quote, actually right in supporting the traditions of the South in matters of racial segregation, end quote. This letter shows a good example of many Florida's leaders' views of racial integration of the military. Being, being a part of the South, many Floridians expected whites and those of colors to be separate. The idea to treat African Americans equal, even when fighting for the same country, they did not see it as possible. World War II had lasting effects on Florida. First and foremost, the population of Florida skyrocketed. The 1950 census reports that there were about 2,770,000 people living in the state of Florida. This shows a doubling of the population in Florida within a matter of 10 years. The installation of military camps during World War II also increased the amount of urban areas in Florida 
and also increased the amount of people living within those urban areas. It was not until after the 1940s that there were considerably more people living in urban areas of Florida rather than rural areas. Jacksonville, Miami, Orlando, St. Petersburg, and Tampa were the main urban areas in Florida after the Second World War. Also, the airports built for military installations were converted to civilian airports after the war. This allowed for better travel in and out of the state, and even some of those airports are still in use today. Overall, Florida bloomed into a modern state within the United States due to its use during World War II. The growth of population and infrastructure allowed Florida to grow out of its idea that it was a royal swamp land. World War II was beneficial to the growth and prospering of the state in Florida and has many lasting effects